0: Well, it turns out the Yankees had another move in them. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and this is the end of my fifth season and heading into my sixth here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, or whatever the hell it's called now. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, and for those of you who listen every single day and I see your comments, make sure to put on that hashtag, every day, Sully, so I know who's listening to us every single day. Hey, uh, a lot of stuff to discuss. Uh, the episode I did the uh, just uh, last night with Stacey Gatsoulias from Locked on Yankees is already g- kind of sort of obsolete. And uh you know I don't always like to praise the Yankees but I am not on un- I don't have uh uh I can't claim to be unbiased but I can be objective I certainly am not impartial but I am not going to ignore realities and the Yankees made a hell of a move today and one that Shows that at least they're not standing pat. And while it was expensive, the move that they made, it was the kind of expense that you have to make from time to time. It's the kind of a purchase you have to make from time to time. And I am going to beat a proverbial dead horse, but I'm going to beat that dead horse because I'm correct. And yes, Baltimore fans, you are going to be a little perturbed by what I'm about to say, but you'll only be perturbed because you know I'm right. Let's go to the trivia question, which was, and apparently some people didn't hear the, or one person specifically didn't hear how it was specifically phrased. And um, I find that to be kind of funny because someone went out of their way to give a very, very uh, uh, deep dive for a correct answer for a question that wasn't what I asked. The question I asked is, which Red Sox player won a postseason MVP and began his career with the Yankees? So whether it was a World Series or League Championship Series, who was it? Um, John... 042, which is my buddy John Murphy, uh, or, or or is that the same as Big John, 08865? Which one of you is John Murphy, and who the hell is the other one? Okay, look it. Here's the deal. You both got it right. The trivia answer was Mike Lowell. Mike Lowell started his career as a minor league call-up with the 1998 Yankees, and he was traded to Florida in the Ed, Ed Yarnold trade. And eventually, Mike Lowell found himself with the Red Sox, where he became the MVP of the 2007 World Series. So Mike Lowell, World Series hero, began his career with the New York Yankees. Now, I'm going to give a uh, a shout out to Dan Bourgeois, uh, D Bourgeois 1010, who said Jackie Jensen won the 1958 AL MVP for the Red Sox and made his MLB debut in 1950 for the Yankees. Well, good job. You answered a different trivia question. And that's right. Jackie Jensen did indeed win the MVP in 1958 and did indeed be getting square with the Yankees. That's not the question I asked, but I'll give you credit because you answered that other question quite well. So good job for that. Um, just yesterday, I had on Stacey Katsoulias from On Yankees, and we talked about Alex Verdugo. Going from the Red Sox to the Yankees. In a vacuum, as a Red Sox fan, I am still very happy with that trade for this reason. I do not believe there's any chance of Alex Verdugo being on the team in 2025, which means that the Red Sox, the Red Sox were not going to re sign him. He was not going to be back there in 2025. So the fact that they got a few talented young pitchers from the New York Yankees makes me think, hey, uh, at least they got something in return for him. I thought this door was open. Anyway, Um, but I also didn't think that Verdugo was the great big acquisition. And there was one part of me was kind of hoping that, you know, through a little bit of schadenfreude, That that was gonna be the Yankees' big move. Ah, it wasn't. And today the Yankees made, let's face it, a huge move. And one they had to make, and one that was really smart. It was expensive, but it was really smart. Let's review it. The Yankees acquired Juan Soto. Juan Soto is a legitimate MVP candidate. Juan Soto is 25 years old he's in the prime of his career he's got at least unless he has a you know a catastrophic nomar garcia Para like falling apart based on injuries juan soto is going to have at least four maybe five mvp seasons left in his arsenal and he's going to have those Well, I mean, we're going to have to assume the Yankees are going to sign him to a long-term deal because he could be available for free agency after this season. Uh, Last year, you know, the 2023 season, which some people looked on as, well, was that a down year for him? He had an OPS of 930, was a silver sluggard, finished in the top 10 of the MVP vote. 35 home runs. I know we're not supposed to look at runs bad in, but he drove in 109 and played all 162 games. He's a durable player. He hits for a high average. He's a high OPS. He gets on base like crazy, has good, solid power, and is everything that you would want. He played primarily in left field for the uh, Padres last year, but he was a right fielder during his time with the Washington Nationals, and that's exactly where he's going to fit in with the Yankees. They have now a phenomenal 1-2 punch of Judge and Soto. Now, how many more great years is Judge going to have? I'm not 100% sure. He's not as young as you think he is, but he's still an elite slugger when he's healthy in the lineup. The the Yankees are probably going to play Judge in center field, but I have a feeling it won't be long before Judge picks up a first baseman's glove. They need his bat in there more than they need his arm and his fielding. And it might behoove them to pick up a center fielder along the way. But this year, they picked up Trent Grisham in the trade as well, which is not a giant move, but it also allows them to say, hey, Alex Verdugo, Trent Grisham, you guys split left field. Judge in center and uh, Soto in right. Now, Giancarlo Stanton is the designated hitter for how much longer we don't know and even Brian Cashman was like yeah he's going to get hurt we all know he's going to get hurt but that takes a little there's a little less pressure on Stanton as well there's less pressure on Verdugo um Rizzo who is a tremendous player when healthy for the Yankees if he comes back he's the first baseman but I think Judge is going to be the first baseman before you know it now, the Yankees are going to need to have good seasons from Torres, who was good for them last year. They need a good season from LeMahieu, who was up and down last year. Volpe, who is solid defensively and see what they can do at shortstop. Uh, and they're going to bank on Austin Wells. It's a good line. If, if everyone's healthy, LeMahieu, Torres, Soto, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Verdugo, Volpe, and Wells is a good lineup and a huge improvement from last year where the lineup was terrible. The lineup was absolutely terrible last year and was the bane of their existence, one of the reasons why they struggled to finish above 500. But remember, this is only a year removed from being a 99-win team in the ALCS. Now, 2022 was weird because the first half of that year, they were playing like they were a 110-win team. I didn't think they were that good. The second half of the team, they were stumbling and bumbling. I didn't think they were that bad. And I don't think they were as bad as the 82 and 80 team that they were last year. I think they are a 90 to 91 win team. I still think that. But I think that's good enough to make the postseason and maybe win the division. You've got the reigning Cy Young Award winner in Cole. You have a potential MVP in Judge, another potential MVP in Soto. And I'm telling you, the Yankees did the right thing. Now it wasn't cheap, and some of the things they gave up, well, I don't want to say may come back to haunt them, and I'll tell you why, but in the end, I also don't think it was a terrible move for San Diego either. Hey, the NFL season is winding down, and now is the best time to join up to fan duel. You can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 moneyline bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you think about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use and there's a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over/unders, and more. So visit fanduelcom on and wrap up this NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League. Hey, this is a reminder that Lockdown has launched the first ever National Sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts on the lockdown, plus our national sports shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24 7 channel. Let's review a little bit of what the Yankees gave up for Juan Soto and for fourth outfielder Trent Grisham. Michael King. Michael King is a major league pitcher. He was a very valuable player in their bullpen in 2022 and was developing into a fine pitcher, starting pitcher at the end of this season. Their top pitching prospect is Drew Thorpe. Johnny Brito is a good young pitcher who managed to pitch in the major leagues. Randy Vasquez is another talented young pitcher. And Kyle Higashioka is a reserve catcher who's going to give the Padres a little bit of catching depth. So essentially, Higashioka is is, uh, kind of tossed in there. The Padres needed a backup catcher. He's a good defensive backup catcher. He's probably going to become a manager one of these days. And, you know, that's fine. Uh, King... The Yankees are going to miss King. King was a very good reliever and he was a very effective starting pitcher. Uh, Thorpe was their top prospect. And you know, Brito and Vasquez are talented pitchers. Those are four talented players. I think that was good. That's a good haul for San Diego, who gave up a ton of talent to get Juan Soto. But as I said when the Soto trade was made, he was 23 when they acquired him. An MVP candidate was 23. He was worth any prospect because he was roughly the same age as the prospects who were being traded away. So it made sense, and I give the Padres credit. They went for it, and they wound up getting to game five of the National League Championship Series. You know, a bounce here, or a bounce there. If the Padres had won a pennant, um, it would have been completely worth everything. But it didn't work out. The Padres read the writing on the wall. They do know they have a bunch of players who are signed to long-term deals, like Machado, like Bogarts. They knew they weren't going to be able to sign Soto for a long-term, so they brought in four good young pitchers. One of them, King, is going to pitch on the major league level this year. So, look it. They'll never recoup the package that they got for Soto, but at the same time, they went for it. And the Padres' turnstiles turn like they never had before now they have four young pitchers which beats getting a compensation draft pick when Soto inevitably walks and that is a lot of talent in fact in the last two days the Yankees have what traded away six or seven I've lost count six or seven young pitchers from their farm system which means they probably don't have another big trade left in them because they've traded away all their best pitching chips Sometimes you have to do that. Yes, King's a valuable major league pitcher. Yes, those players are good young players who they traded away. But they got back something that was not a prospect, not a what-if, not a fan duel rolling of the dice. You know what you're getting in Soto. And you know you're getting him young, in his prime, and if they could sign him, and they're the Yankees, let's open up the purse strings there for the long haul if they sign him to one of those big honking 10 11 12 year deals which you would want to do for a player like this then do you know what he may wind up in monument park all right he he's gonna i do not see a problem with him fitting into new york and this is not acquiring someone like when they acquired stanton who was a little bit older with a lot of injury risk he's in his mid-20s and plays 162 games a year, if that's going to cost you pitching prospects, then you do it. You do it because you know what you're getting. And the Yankees needed to do something to flip the script of their complacency of the last bunch of years. This is exactly what they needed to do. The last time they did something like this was 2009, which turned out okay for them. And I, can't, I know I'm beating this dead horse, and I mentioned there's a dead horse I was going to mention, but I can't help but think about the Orioles at the trade deadline this year. And Orioles fans got on me, but I was right. What did I get mad about the Orioles? They have a ton of prospects. They have a ton of young players in their farm system, one of the deepest farm systems in baseball. They have a microscopic payroll and they were in first place. Things aligned in a way where the Red Sox had a down year and the Yankees had a down year. That doesn't happen that often. Plus, you have the Rays were a little bit shaky after their amazing start, and Toronto, while talented, never can seem to be getting out of their own way. The stars were aligned for Baltimore to win the division and put themselves in a position to go far in the postseason. And... Everybody and their moose saw that they had a glaring weakness, which was their pitching depth. They needed to have more major leaguers in their pitching depth, and they had the chips to trade it, and they had the sense of urgency. These don't happen in vacuums. You don't, the reason why so many people have felt over the years that the American League East was not fair is because you had these two behemoths who spend like crazy in the Red Sox and the Yankees. And the Orioles looked up and saw, here's a year where neither one of them were going to make the playoffs. Here's a year where it lined up for them. And all they had to do was loosen up their grip. They were still going to have a deep farm system. I'm not saying trade Holiday for a a pitcher. I would have said to trade Holiday for Otani, even to rent him for what that would have meant for the team. But if they had gone made some of the deals that the the Rangers made or some other teams had made to take take a shot. Even if they made a trade and it didn't work out, I wouldn't get on them because at least they would have gone for it. But they did the bare minimum. And what happened? Yes, they won the division. They won 100-some-odd games. And yes, they faced the Texas Rangers, who would go on to win the World Series, of course. But the Rangers swept them. They swept them, and the main reason they swept them is they pounded their pitching. Everybody saw the Orioles' pitching was their Achilles' heel. They had the chips to make deals. They didn't make the deal. They got eliminated fast with a low payroll, and the Red Sox and Yankees not in the picture. These years do not happen in vacuums. You don't know when the next time you're going to have those two teams sort of allow you to part the seed towards a potential World Series. The Yankees are going to be contenders this year. I don't think the Red Sox are. And if I were the Red Sox, I would continue to say, all right, this is a year to see what we're going to get with Bella, what we're going to get with Casas, some of the young players to maybe go for it in 2025. Okay. But the Yankees are going for it. Now some of these players could get hurt. LeMay, Hugh, Torres, Judge, Rizzo, a lot of these players could potentially get hurt and the Yankees could stumble. Hell, the the Padres were basically an all-star team. They had all these great players and the Cy Young Award winner, and they too were 82 and 80 last year. So I get it. It's not a guarantee. But I'm looking back and say, Baltimore, you have to go for it when you get the chance. And I said, every one of those prospects has to come through. And some of you called me up for my hyperbole, but it's not hyperbole. Because by holding on to every single one of them in a year where there was a diamond lane to the World Series, means you're expecting them all to click. And do you know what? They're not all going to click. And you're not always going to get that chance. And it's coming back to haunt them because the Yankees are remembering who they are. Now, do I think the Yankees are the best team in the American League? We'll see. Houston still doesn't stink. Texas is still pretty good. But I I give the Yankees a big puncher's chance in the American League's a hell of a lot more than going into the season from last season. So Baltimore, very talented team, who, by the way, Signed, Craig Kimbrell. (sighs) Look at Kimbrell's had a great career. He has an interesting Hall of Fame candidacy, but I don't trust him right now in a big game, and neither should you. Baltimore, you're going to look back, I swear. And I don't want that to look back with with regret. I want to see Baltimore in the World Series. I want to see a World Series in Camden Yards. Oriole fans are great fans. I want them to get off the schneid. But, man, this just didn't – it just was reminding me today of you let them get back into it as a contender, and you didn't go for it. You have to go for it. Once again, Locked On Sports is the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube – Check out Locked On Sports today. Sometimes you'll see my face on it. 24-7 covering the top sports stories with local experts and the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Hey, uh, there was another piece of news for a team that actually made it to the World Series last year. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Remember him? Eduardo Rodriguez, who did not want to be traded in midseason season. To the uh, LA Dodgers, he pitched last year for the Detroit Tigers. Um, He didn't have a great year, but he was he was fine. He was fine. He pitched 152 and two thirds innings, won a bunch of games in his 26 starts, and it was second of two years with the Detroit Tigers. Um, He had a couple of very good years with the Red Sox, um, especially 2019 where he actually pitched 203 innings. and got some Cy Young votes, uh, was a key part of the, the pitching staff in 2021 when they got to within two wins of the World Series uh, and uh, pitched in the World, for the World Series winning team in 2018. The problematic team, they cheated. Astro fans, remember I said that. Uh, he is signing with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that to me is an interesting move. Because the remember the Diamondbacks? They're the defending National League champion, in case you forgot. Zach Gallen, Cy Young contender. Merrill Kelly, very good pitcher. Brandon Fott, who had a mediocre season, but emerged as a solid pitcher in the postseason. And now Eduardo Rodriguez. That's a pretty good starting four. That's a good starting four with some of the other pitchers who started to emerge in the postseason and put that alongside Ketel Marte and Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy and some of the other players who are starting in Perdomo, some of the other players who started to emerge on the team and Christian Walker. Um, the defending national champions look like they're going to have a good team. They got to the World Series a year ahead of schedule, kind of like the Phillies did last year. But now they addressed one of their key issues to have that pitching depth. So I think the signing of Eduardo Rodriguez is an excellent one for the defending champs and one that should make them say, hey, maybe last year's trip to the World Series was not going to be a fluke. And or at least it's going to mean contending years in Arizona for 2024 it's interesting um we're going to see probably Shohei Ohtani make a decision in the next couple of days Uh, Imer Candelario signed a deal with the Cincinnati Reds to give them a little bit of infield depth and um that's pretty much that's pretty much all the major deals that came through across the way uh the Rangers picked up pitcher Kirby Yates and um according to uh um, Will Salmon of The Athletic. There are about seven teams that are floating around for Yamamoto. I, I predict he's going to sign with San Francisco, but so far my predictions have been, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, <clears throat> terrible. Well, the Yankees are the Yankees again, and they're making a big push to bring in some superstars. That's going to lead us, however, to our trivia question. The trivia question is a simple one. Who was the last Yankee to throw a complete game victory in the postseason? Who was the last one to go nine? What Yankee pitcher was the last one to throw a complete game victory? So put your answers down in the YouTubes. Put them down here or go to Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter, whatever it's called now, on Instagram. Or you can go to Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh keep refreshing your your news feeds, whatever wherever you get your news, because Otani will probably sign any minute now. And the second he does, I'm gonna do my best to get on on Lockdown MLB to talk about it. It's probably gonna be over the weekend. So talking about the New York Yankees who suddenly remembered that they're big spenders and know how to bring in the big stars. This has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.